Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast this week. And this week was Everyone Sunday, a special service where we focus on bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. Uh, we focus on our missions projects, our missions giving, and we really refuel and refocus on our mission, which is to bring Jesus to everyone everywhere. If you're new or visiting our church, uh, please check out our website. This is a large part of what we are about as a church, is being on mission, living mission-minded. And I uh, hope you can jump on board with us and, and follow the journey. It's exciting. But, you know, when we live off mission, we tend to gravitate towards a self-focused and insular faith, which is n- not true faith at all, really. And, and we are all called to something greater, something beyond just us and our little club and and. This is why one of our core values at Everyone Church is to live mission-minded. And the mission will never be on our mind if it's not in our heart. So this is why we we have Everyone Sundays, to refocus on this. So let's turn to Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 15 to 18, which will be our core scripture for today. And let's really uh, refocus on what is dear to God's heart. So I'm going to read here. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. It says this. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, that's Jesus and his disciples, it says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, verse 16, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves, verse 18. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him, but they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. My, my title for the message today is Room for Everyone. Room for Everyone. I've heard a lot of uh, teachings and sermons on this story, and it appears in other places in the Gospels as well. And I've, I've heard, you know, Jesus turning over the tables, and, and I love the imagery. I love the passionate strength of Jesus. You know, Jesus was not uh, some skinny dude with a lamb on his lap, patting a little lamb. No, he was strong. He was courageous. He was bold. He was compelled. He was compassionate. And a lot of the sermons I've heard about this story uh, tend to be focused around like the fact that Jesus wanted to drive out consumerism from the temple, that the temple was becoming a marketplace. And notice it says that, uh, it's kind of funny, you know, it says that they were selling animals for sacrifice and exchanging money because the temple wouldn't accept uh, currency and offerings uh, from uh, that had foreign gods on them or Roman imagery and things like that. So it's just a, an interesting example of how we can all, as humans, uh, spiritually justify our selfish ambition and endeavors. Like, oh, but we were selling things for sacrifice, Lord. Oh, no, this is for the worship of God in the temple. Uh, when clearly Jesus knew it wasn't just for that. Uh, and and all those anti-consumerism like teachings, they're true, they're, they're, and they're still relevant today. And more to that fact... Uh, the Romans uh, often used the temple as the center place of all their economic activity in their cities. Like, for example, in Ephesus, the temple of Diana or Artemis was controlled. It controlled the trade guild for the whole city. 
the, the fisheries, other businesses, all economic activity went through the temple. The banks, the markets were there, and it was massive. So I think there's also something to be said here of Jesus not wanting God's temple to become like the temple of the Romans or like a pagan thing. He's saying, hey, that's not how we do things around here. He's ter- he was cleaning house. Don't you just love it? Uh, but I want to bring something else to our attention today in this story, something that you may not have thought of before. And I also think it's a reason why Jesus was so disturbed and so angry and why he started flipping tables. The temple of Jerusalem, uh, you could maybe Google like temple in Jerusalem in Jesus' time. Well, it was it was quite large and they actually had a number of uh, court areas where people could gather and meet and pray and learn about God. On one side of the temple was what they called the, the court of the Israelites. And this was like a Jews-only space. This is where the native Israelites would pray, uh, study scripture, all that kind of stuff. And then on the other side of the temple uh, was what they called the court of the Gentiles. Now, this was where non-Jewish people who were seeking God were allowed to learn and worship and pray uh, at the temple. So why was Jesus so angry here? Why did he turn the tables over and drive out the money changers? Well, let's read what the New Bible Commentary says about this this particular passage. And, And I think there's something really interesting here. It says, When Jesus entered the temple, he probably came into the court of the Gentiles. The only place in the whole complex where non-Jews were allowed to enter and worship. But worship had become impossible. The court had been turned into a typical bazaar area, which is another word for like a Middle Eastern type market, with buyers and sellers and stalls everywhere. Continues to say, birds and animals for sacrifice were sold there and foreign money could be changed into the only currency accepted in the temple one without the hated figures of Roman emperors and heathen gods. In one sense, all this was a service to the worshippers, but the noise and bustle made worship impossible. That's what the new Bible commentary says about that passage of Scripture. And so why was Jesus so angry when he entered the temple? Um, Consumerism, money, marketplaces. Yes, probably, of course. Uh, But I also think there's something more. Uh, something deep in his heart, which is revealed when he says these words in Mark eleven seventeen. Uh, he says this, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Notice he didn't just say, My temple will not be a marketplace, or my temple will not be this. No, he's saying what it will be. It will be a place of prayer for all nations. I believe one of the reasons why Jesus turned over tables, was because he wanted unchurched people to experience God in the temple. That the court of the Gentiles was being crowded. That the very space for non-Jews or unchurched or those born outside the family of the Israelites was being taken up. And Jesus is saying here with his actions, he's saying, hey, There is room for everyone in my house. This will be a place for all nations. Amen? You know, when I was in high school, uh, the the high school I went to, they had this year seven playground area, the year seven quad. And basically, it was a year seven only space. It kind of helped the kids who were coming out of primary school into high school year seven, to kind of be safe. And if, if anybody tried to come in in the higher years, like year eight, year nine, you had all these like 
year eight and year nine kids coming in trying to find a new girlfriend and stuff. And they would be told to get out because it was a year seven only space, a safe space. And we need to be careful that the church doesn't become the year seven quad, an exclusive club for the churched people where outsiders are not welcomed and outsiders are squeezed out. And we're just so busy with our church-related business that we have no room for those who are not with us. And I want to encourage us today, everyone church, on every one Sunday, there is room for everyone in God's house. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations, for everyone. He wasn't just saying, this is where the church people can pray for the nations to find God, which is what we would mostly experience church as. Oh, this is where all the Christians pray for the nations. No, he's saying, this is where the nations come to find God. This is where the nations pray. This is where the nations meet with God. Uh, I remember going to a youth ministry that was tied into a private school, and I was a public school kid. And we would be bussed in, uh, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, we, we'd come into to youth, and and in many ways we were outsiders. Uh, you know, we knew words that no one had heard before. We'd smoked drugs that no one had smoked before. And but in the midst of that kind of dynamic, that us and them dynamic, I was welcomed. I was embraced. I was accepted. Despite my background and behavior, I remember having friends who would steal stuff from the church. And listen, I I don't want our church to become too safe. We're outsiders, non-Christians, other races even. People who act, talk, and live differently to us are not welcomed. Jesus turned the tables and made room in the court for the outsiders. In God's house, there is room for all. There is room for everyone. And this is what Jesus did his whole life. Throughout his life, Jesus welcomed the people who were outside the church and far from God and who were on the margins of society. He met with them, shared meals with them, healed them, forgave them, and loved them. He wasn't endorsing their lifestyle or or endorsing how they were doing things or what they believed. No, he was showing them the love of God. The Jesus I read about in the Gospels welcomed unchurched people. He turned up at more tables than he turned over. But are we like that? Do we engage with people far from God? Do unchurched people feel welcomed around us? These are big questions, right? In John chapter 4, we read a beautiful example of Jesus breaking through cultural barriers to meet with someone. I'll read it, verse 3 to 9 in John 4, it says this, So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. This is Jesus, obviously. Verse 4 says, He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Verse 7 says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. Now, a couple things to note here. Uh, One is, there were two possible routes when traveling from Judea to Galilee. Uh, 
the longer, more traditional route was to go through uh, Gentile country on the east side of the Jordan River. Uh, the shorter route was to go through Samaria, which was most used, but despite the like animosity between Jews and Samaritans, but it was kind of like travel at your own risk type of thing. And Samaritans and Jews didn't like each other. But I love what it says there in verse 4 uh, of John chapter 4. It says, he had to go through Samaria, which this suggests that there's a reason for taking this journey. There's a reason why Jesus wanted to cut through Samaria. And in speaking with this woman, Jesus is breaking many cultural barriers. Uh, two in particular is that he's speaking to a Samaritan which was, you know, Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Another thing is he's speaking to a woman whilst alone, which Jewish men, particularly rabbis, who Jesus was kind of called rabbi teacher, they didn't associate with women, let alone Samaritan women, uh, let alone alone, right? And I love this about Jesus. He broke barriers to reach people. There was a sense of purpose to where he was going. Also, it was odd that this woman had, was getting water in the heat of the day, okay? Because usually water would be drawn in the cooler parts of the day. So this suggests that this woman was a social outcast who needed to go get water while no one else was there. So here is Jesus in the heat of the day, which is countercultural, talking to a Samaritan, which is countercultural, uh, talking to a woman, which is countercultural, and talking to a woman alone, which is countercultural. And here's the big one. He would then go on to tell this woman that he is the Christ. And guess what? She was the first person he told this to. So imagine that, Jesus deciding, the first person on earth I'm going to reveal my identity to is an outcast, outsider, overlooked person. It's no wonder that Jesus would later clear out the marketplace. <laughs> in the court of the Gentiles to make room in his temple. Come on, it's everyone Sunday this week. Jesus has a heart for the nations, a heart for outsiders. There is room for everyone in his house. You know, we're in, a, in a, just a couple of weeks, we're, we're hosting our Easter Sunday fun day, and we're getting RSVPs in uh, online for those who want to be part of our barbecue. We're doing like a, a quick service in the park, and then we're going to have a barbecue and then a bunch of Easter egg hunts for all the kids. And we're obviously going to share Jesus there and all those kind of things. And it's interesting, as you get these RSVPs in, you have people asking for halal sausages. You have people <laughs> saying they're vegetarian. People who are obviously from different belief backgrounds, different races, different uh, religions and things like that. What an amazing opportunity for us to show the love of Jesus. What an amazing opportunity to show people that regardless of your race, background, behavior, your dress code, there is room for you here at Everyone Church. There is room for you in God's family. Come on. I, I, I even look around on a Sunday and I see empty chairs. I think every church has empty chairs, of course, unless they strategically take away them all and have less chairs and make things look fuller than they are. But our venue, we, ha we have empty chairs. And let me tell you something, our chairs are meant to be filled, filled with outsiders. Amen. Let our church be a place that welcomes outsiders, where outsiders feel like, hey, this is a place where I am welcomed. But before we get there, you know, Jesus has to first clear the temple in our heart. 
It starts in the heart. It really does. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.19, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, it says. I need to allow Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, to clean house in my heart. Imagine if you had a court of the Gentiles in your a court for outsiders in your heart. Come on, we need Jesus to rid us of racism and exclusivity, right? It's so sad that some Christians today are crying about their rights and jokes about Jesus on, on TV shows and all this kind of stuff, acting so threatened and marginalized and fighting for their place in the world, a world that Jesus said would reject us, maybe instead of fighting for our place in the world, we need to start making room in our place for the world. You understand what I mean? We need to make room for others in our world, in God's house, in God's family. Oh, why why doesn't society respect our Christian beliefs? Well, you, you can't expect them to. Jesus said we would be rejected, right? But hey, we need to make room in our heart for others. Is there room in your heart for outsiders today? Have you allowed the outside forces to crowd out that space in your heart that was meant to reach others? Have you been fighting for your place in the world instead of clearing out room for others in your world? Come on, clean house, Lord Jesus. Clean my heart of consumerism, of exclusion and exclusivity. Clear my heart of hard-heartedness. Let this temple be a temple with room for everyone. Amen. 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 Let me pray for you. Lord, I just ask you to clean house today. We surrender all that we are. If there are parts of us, Lord, that are crowded, crowded with things that shouldn't be there, crowded with criticism and consumerism, all these things that can so easily take us off mission, Lord, I ask you to reveal it. I ask you to help us stay focused on the mission. Help us stay focused on welcoming outsiders into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, I hope the word challenged and encouraged you today and reminded you to stay focused on bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. And you know what? It's not so much that we're bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. That's one part of it. But we got to bring everyone everywhere to Jesus, right? And that starts with making room for everyone. All good. So uh, we also reminded people at church on Sunday, those who did make a missions faith commitment or who want to give to missions to direct their giving to our missions account. That that goes to uh, support all of our six major projects for the year. We thank you for that. And uh, let's continue on the journey and let's go make a difference for him in the world. Amen. To God be the glory. So love me the way